This is the Invest Like a Billionaire podcast, where we uncover the alternative investments and strategies that billionaires use to grow wealth. The tools and tactics you'll learn from this podcast will make you a better investor and help you build legacy wealth. Join us as we dive into the world of alternative investments, uncover strategies of the ultra-wealthy, discuss economics, and interview successful investors. Welcome to the Invest Like a Billionaire podcast. I am your co-host, Ben Frazier, joined by co-host... Bob Frazier. And today's episode, we are going to do a short little episode here and talk about how you can use billionaire tax strategies. So we saw an article recently published, and it was talking about how billionaires, surprise, surprise, don't pay as much taxes relative (laughs) to how much they earn relative to the ordinary earning Americans. So we wanted just to dive in a little bit. You know, the whole point of this podcast, Invest Like a Billionaire, is looking at what the ultra wealthy are doing, whether that's how are they investing, how are they deferring taxes, and using those strategies for our own situations and maximizing our growth and minimizing uh, taxes that we need to pay. So we're not going to get to the political aspects of should we or should we not tax billionaires more. You know, that's an argument for another time. But we really want to look here. What are they doing? And these are all legal. You know, we call them loopholes. Yeah, they're perfectly legal. Perfectly it's, legal. Yeah. And even many of the billionaires who were questioned on this, why are you paying so little taxes? And hey, we've been saying for years <laughs> that it's okay to tax us more. But this is the way the laws are set up. And it's actually, there's a reason it's set up like that too. It's not just unreasonable. Although right. Many of the articles were presenting it like, gosh, this is so horrible and it's unreasonable. But there's actually a reason why that capital gains are only taxed when realized because if every business had to pay capital gains on their growth, literally you put every business out of business. So, yes. so it would have to be, it has to be some different way of calculating tax liabilities. But yes. anyhow, these are strategies that everyday folks can use. Yes. So let's dive in. And I think most of us would agree we'd rather pay less taxes than more taxes. So <laughs> we'll just start from there. But Really, to me, what stood out in this article, and you're reading about Bezos and Musk and Steve Jobs and all these billionaires that have grown these big businesses and you know, pay very little taxes relative to the income they're making. According to the article, 3.4% tax rate. Right. <laughs> Which I think we'd all like <laughs> Which to Which most middle class people pay far more than that, especially far if you're more. in six figures, considered a wealthy earner, you're going to be paying significantly more than that. Yeah. And to me, like the primary differentiator here was what I will call the difference between a income statement mindset versus a balance sheet mindset, right? And for those that aren't accountants, you know, this income is very statement. critical. Yeah. Income statement is focused on how much am I making right now in earned income and what are my expenses and then what's my so net? Dividends, W-2 income, you're looking at that number thinking, how am I maximizing my income? Which yes. is normal. Well, that's the way most people are thinking. Yeah. They're thinking about what's my monthly budget, how much am I making at my job and how do I maximize the delta between those two, right? And billionaires and the ultra wealthy have a different mindset and we'll call it a balance sheet mindset, right? And the balance sheet shows your assets minus your liabilities and your equity. And they're focused on buying and building assets and businesses that they can maximize the value of. They can grow. And they can grow. And so the really interesting thing here, a lot of these stats, these headlines that you see about billionaires not paying much taxes it's a little bit misleading, right? Because you alluded to it, but a lot of the 
income or the growth that these ultra wealthy are experiencing is actually not true income, right? right? It's growth of value of their assets. Right. So the most common example is, let's say, a Musk and with Tesla. So the Tesla stock has gone from very low value to very high value. Well, he owns a lot of stock. So the value of his stock holdings have gone up dramatically. But you don't pay taxes on that until you sell it. Right. And so he's focused on building his net worth or his balance sheet versus his income. Yeah. And so he's not generating a lot of taxable income, even though his balance sheet is steadily growing and he's becoming extremely wealthy. Right. And one of the things I love, a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with Robert Kiyosaki and his perennial bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And really the strategy that he espouses in that is maximize your earned income to buy assets that pay you passive income to eventually replace your earned income, right? And so it's this kind of virtuous cycle to where you are using the income you're making to go and buy assets that you can get a lot of tax shelters from. Real estate is probably the best example of any kind of asset that you can buy and utilize the tax advantages of that and then get paid income and use that to buy more assets in this this great cycle that, again, is focused on the balance sheet. So you're focused on buying the assets that you can maximize the value of to minimize your tax liability and maximize your earnings. And I think it's a shift that needs to happen for a lot of investors. A lot of our listeners are already kind of in that mode, but it's really, how do we use these strategies as non-billionaires, right? Because someone may may be thinking, well, I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not going to go start the next Tesla. I'm not Steve Jobs. Yeah, but anybody, anybody can do this. And the other key component, so you're basically buying assets, you're building assets, and you're growing these assets. But the other component is you're borrowing from these assets. So so it's amazing. Why would a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, why would they borrow hundreds of millions or billions of dollars? They don't need to borrow any money. (laughs) And of course, banks, by the way, love to lend to people that don't need it. Right. (laughs) But that's the issue. So you have the stock that's massively appreciating value. And rather than selling the stock to earn your income or invest in something else, you borrow against that stock. Well, when you borrow, it actually creates a tax deduction because your interest is generally tax deductible. Right. Right. So you get a tax deduction. And because you're not selling your asset, your stock or whatever you have, you're not generating income. Yep. So the strategies they're using is basically get appreciating assets and borrow against those assets. And then, yep. by the way, when you have a side investment that you do take a loss on, so you made a bad bet in the stock market, well, then take, then sell those. Mm-hmm. And so yep. you take realized losses. Yep. So in your gainers, you let them run. You don't sell them. Yep. Your losers, you sell them. Yep. And you take losses, which basically counts against earned income. Yep. That's the big strategy. That's okay. The, so how so can a non-billionaire take advantage of this mindset and the strategy? Yeah. And I think to make one further point of what you said is when you when you leverage an asset or you borrow against an asset, whether that be real estate or even your stock portfolio or even your business, right? Borrowed monies are not taxable. And you also get a deduction right. from interest. So you can use the banks to basically help you maximize. To cash up. Yeah. To cash up without generating a tax event. Yeah. So really what are assets we're talking about, right? It's in my mind, it's three main categories. One is starting businesses and having businesses that can grow and appreciate over time and 
leverage. And that's where most of the billionaires are, right? They, yes. They've built the unicorn. All right. Yes. Most got, people may not do that. Most but, people may not. But like, what you can do is going back to earlier, maximizing the income that you're generating you know, through your W-2 to go buy assets, whether it's a you know, stock bond portfolio in the publicly traded markets or in real estate, growing those assets like you're saying, maximizing the value over time and using these similar tools and, and tactics to minimize your taxes against that. Yeah, a few things just to kind of promote real estate here, which we obviously are biased and love because that's kind of what we do at Aspen Funds. But there are a amazing amount of tax shelter havens, if you want to call them, through real estate investing. And it's perfectly legal. Those that are investing in real estate know about these, right? But it's depreciation. I wouldn't call them tax shelters, but they're tax, tax advantageous. Tax, tax advantageous and, and tax deferral. And 1031 exchanges, which we've talked about in previous episodes, is an amazing tool to continue to defer taxes and maximize the assets you can buy. As well as depreciation. Depreciation. And then the other one is long-term capital gains, which is not just for real estate, but also for any kind of asset, including stocks, bonds, the tax at a lower rate, at least currently. So hopefully that doesn't change down the road. So again, the kind of final point this article made and... We'll link to it in the show notes so you can read it for yourself because it is some really great information. But they talk about this concept of buy, borrow, die. <laughs> right? And this is the really yeah, it's a life mantra, right? <laughs> life buy, mantra. borrow, die. <laughs> right. So what does that mean? Right? We've talked about it already, but you're buying assets, you borrow against those assets, you're not paying taxes when you're borrowing, and then you die. <laughs> right? It sounds a little morbid, but the idea here is, especially in real estate, where you can, 1031, we've talked about before, their phrase is swap till you drop, where you're buying a real estate uh, asset, increasing the value of that, you sell it for a gain, well, you can roll your original capital plus the gain into the next deal that you're doing completely tax deferred. You don't have to pay any taxes when you do that if you utilize the 1031 exchange. And effectively, you you can keep growing, 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 building, you know, keep compounding the growth that you're generating and just keep borrowing against it. Another great strategy is I'm doing it right now on my personal residence, right? How many times have you refinanced your house? (laughs) I shouldn't admit to it, but (laughs) a lot. And it's a great market. So And every time you refinance, you get a higher appraisal. Yeah. And pull money out. It's like, so it keeps and, doing cash out refis. Yeah. And you're using that money and you're investing them. Investing the, the funds. So yeah. it's exactly what it's the strategy. It's the billionaire yeah. strategy, right? Yeah. You're not selling that house and generating cap gains. Nope. You're basically holding that thing, taking cash out, cheap money. Yep. And investing it in other assets other that assets. are going to grow beyond yeah. that. So, really, the last thing we want to talk about here, I put together a little illustration and you know, these are all just made up numbers. So the point here is to show the difference between having to pay taxes every year versus if you can defer taxes. And I think we all know what the, what the obvious answer is going to be, right? If over a long it's course of time- It's better to not pay taxes? Is <laughs> that your conclusion? <laughs> right. But I think this might be surprising to see how dramatic the difference is. So I just did a quick little scenario here and we have on the screen here and put a little snapshot in the, in the show notes. But basically $100,000 invested for 30 years, Say you can achieve a 15% annualized return, and that's very achievable in real estate if you know where to invest, and then a 40% tax rate, right? So could be lower, could be higher, but if you're having to pay taxes on your gains every single year, it significantly impedes your growth. And so over 30 years, $100,000, if you're paying taxes every year, 
will grow to about 1.1 million, which is still great, right? It's a million bucks, $100,000 original investment. But if you can generate the same 15% earnings and you defer taxes until the end of the 30 years, your balance is $5.1 million. Wow. So even if you pay 40. taxes at the end, yes. it's still cheaper. If you pay 15 or 20% capital gains taxes, yep. it's still a better result. The reason is compounding yep. because you're compounding those gains and then paying taxes. Yes. That's better than paying taxes before compounding. Yes. So you're using the gains to compound. So it's a much better way to build wealth. Yeah. So the other thing we've talked about in other episodes is the swap till you drop. In real estate, it's pretty incredible that many times you have your original cost basis of buying a piece of real estate and you do 1031 exchanges and swap into the next asset and keep it growing over time. Well, when you die, you generally can pass on the asset to your heirs, your beneficiaries with a stepped up cost basis. So then taxes actually get, at that point, eliminated, <laughs> which is <laughs> tax liability. tax liability. From that point, then obviously, if you're going forward, yeah. you have to pay them on, on any future gains. Anyways, it's a, it's a different mindset. This is how the ultra-wealthier thinking is balance sheet mindset. How do I leverage the assets that I have? How do I buy more assets? How do I find appreciating assets? And how do I minimize my taxes so that I can compound down the road and maximize investment growth. So pretty simple concepts, but they're things that it's most powerful. Americans are not doing. No. And if people do this, they're going to multiply wealth way more effectively yes. than if they don't. And I love that way of describing it is having a balance sheet growth mindset versus an income statement growth mindset. Yes. So focus on building your net your net worth, not, not just your in- income. Yes. And use debt. And it's interesting how much debt has, you know, so, so many people have read this get out of debt type of realities. Yep. And debt is an incredible tool that is a wealth creation tool. So people who are afraid of debt will never going to do this strategy. No. And I think for all of the positive things that Dave Ramsey has done for some investors to help them get out of debt and get on a good budget, he's done, I think, at least equal, if not greater damage to a lot of investors' mindsets because they have this unhealthy fear of debt. Have you ever met a ultra high net worth who was a Dave Ramsey follower? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have friends that are making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year in earned income and they don't know what to do. And they're like, well, I think I'll just, I'll just pay off my house. <laughs> Right, that's which that. is the cheapest debt. It's actually <laughs> cheaper than the inflation rate. It's like right. it's basically free money. Yeah, with your interest rate deduction and everything, it's it's just crazy that that would even be like the primary thing. They don't know what to do, and they just think, well, that's the ultimate goal. When you look at most millionaires, they are maximizing debt. They're not, right. not using unhealthy debt. They're not using right. unsecured credit card debt. Right? They're doing it wisely, but they're using leverage in really helpful yeah. ways to maximize yeah. growth. I would argue that all true wealth has been created by OPM, other people's money. Yeah. And debt is a key component of that. And people who are afraid of debt, they say, hey, debt can burn your house down. And it can. So I say, yeah, debt is like fire, right? It can burn your house down. It can also cook a great steak. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, and I've managed to cook steak all my life without burning my house down. Yep. And so if there's any fear of debt, Let's jettison that thing because yes. truly the high net worth people, ultra wealthy, are not afraid at all of debt. 
right. but they know how to manage it. Yes. And it's an incredible tool yep. of wealth creation. So hopefully you guys got some little nuggets out of this yeah. and there we're we going to link to the article. Pretty fun stuff. And you know, stay tuned for future episodes and we'll do little short snippets here and there on kind of fun topics that are kind of related to this podcast. So thanks for joining and hope to see you on different episodes in the future. See you next time.